0: Hello and welcome to another DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books and with me is Jane Litt from Dear Author and Angela James, the executive director of Karina Press. We sat down together at RT and you can probably hear I still have a little bit of my RT voice and we talked about books, we talked about swag, we talked about events at RT. We had an interesting conversation about how RT has changed over the past few years because Angie's been going longer than both Jane and I have. I hope you enjoy our conversation. And believe me, it might be an expensive podcast because she recommends a lot of books that I'm very curious about. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater and I'll have information at the end of the podcast about who this is, what it is and where you can get it because I'm sure you like it because her music is awesome. And now on with the podcast. So we're here with Angela James, and we're sleepy. We're all very tired. <laughs>
1: it's Saturday after our team. We're very tired. Somebody just told me that I look wiped. That's not the thing that you want to hear. That's not exactly a compliment. <laughs> it's not a compliment. But I do. I think I do look wiped. My circles have circles. Somebody oh, said that earlier. Oh, I think my circles have circles.
0: Isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it the Doctor Who episode where he says he could take down her entire political career by saying, she looks tired? <laughs> That's really dangerous words, man. <laughs> That's true. But you know, we, how long have you been here? I've been here since Monday. I've since been here Monday. Since Sunday. You've been here since Sunday. It's a long week. It is a very long week. And it's a lot of people. There's about 2,500 people in the hotel for our tea. Yeah, if you're not an extrovert, it doesn't energize you. It's exhausting, it's completely depleting.
1: There's a lot of women and a lot of talking, and in the bar, it's really, really noisy.
0: Yeah, the bar in this hotel, like, in other hotels, the bar is part of some bigger atrium, so yeah. you can hang out there, and it's not as difficult. But this bar is sort of tucked into a room where the lobby has huge ceilings. They go out yeah. four or five stories. The bar is on one level and has maybe an eight-foot ceiling. It's and like it's an old English
1: pub. It's dark, and it's closed in.
0: And it's loud. It's loud. It's so loud, you feel it physically. But they have Guinness. and that's all good. I noticed every night, Penguin was was bringing people out into the hall, and then they'd move chairs out into the hall, and then they'd move tables out in the hall until they had this whole second bar out in the hallway.
1: I was meeting from with Colleen Lindsay from Penguin, and she was ta- she said it's called Alterna Bar <laughs> because it's not it's not closed in and. It, you can actually hear people talk, even if there's 75 people out there. Yep. The hotel wouldn't serve them drinks, but they could go into the bar to get drinks. And they and had their own security out there because security
0: wanted to make sure that they didn't impede the flow of traffic. Of course. The thing that's, that's always hard for me about RT and RWA is you can go into the lobby to do one thing it'll take you four hours because you can't go from point A to point B without stopping and talking to so many people. And you don't want to be rude. Even if you're in a hurry, it takes four hours to go across the lobby and do one thing because there's so many people to talk to. But is it better than being totally anonymous? I don't know. It's a good question. My first year, the first year I went to RT, I was completely anonymous except for maybe knowing two people. But even then it took a long time to get across the hotel because I kept stopping to... Like, get out of the way of a giant costume or, inter, inter, like, introduce myself to somebody. My first RT was eight years ago in St. Louis, 2005. Whoa. Wasn't a very... RT has come a long way since what then. What was the difference between now and then? What are some of the changes? You know... It's hard to judge from my first, because my first was Pittsburgh, and it was just crapping every day. There <laughs> you yeah, That Pittsburgh wasn't good. <laughs> RT,
1: horrible. every year you see... They've gotten better every year. The hotel venues improve every year. Uh, say the Saint Louis venue was it was I just it always felt dark to me. It always felt very closed in. Um, but we've had some great hotel venues. I think was it were we in Columbus? The Columbus hotel was amazing,
0: and it was in a good location.
1: And it was in a good location. I thought that this year was really good. Uh, you know, of course, we've seen the changes in the co- what the cover models are there to do mm-hmm. from when it was first. You know, they were there trying to get people to vote for them for Mr. Romance. And And
0: they had to work
1: hard to convince
0: people to vote for them. So there was a lot of forcible charming.
1: And it seems like some years the cover models have been a little crazy. Like the year in Pittsburgh, they might
0: have been a little. I don't think it was might. I think it was actually diagnosable (laughs) crazy.
1: And now I find the last few years that the cover models are very charming and professional. Yes. in past years when there was Mr. Romance there was a bit of a, an air of desperation about the cover models and now they're just they're they just here because they kind of like it I mean there's advantages here I'm sure for them but they just yeah it's much more relaxed I have seen the panels uh, the the workshops that are offered really improve they've focused a lot they've focused the tracks a lot and I like that I think maybe there's too many panels still There's there's so much going on um, I, I feel like they're they're splitting the attendance a little bit, but I love that they're always trying something new every year and the reader parties seem to have gotten so much they're more incredible. interactive and huge. and we have moved away from the constant focus on sex that I think was part of some of my earlier RTs. Yes.
0: RT was also one of the first conferences to really welcome digital publishing. Oh, and yeah. digital books. I remember the RT that was in Orlando. I think that might have been the first time that there was a digital book signing just for the e-published authors. I don't remember what year it started. But, but the line was down the amazing. whole hall around the corner. People, hundreds of people, not exaggerating, hundreds of people waited in line to go in and meet digital digitally published authors. And this was when there was still questions about whether or not they were really published. RT has always been very inclusive of small press. Yep. I think
1: that's that's amazing <laughs> in yeah. itself. They've always been very inclusive of small press. And um, it's such a, you know, it is a romance positive. It's got it more romance positive in a way where you're proud to say that it's a romance com- conference yes. versus being embarrassed to say that you're at a romance conference mm-hmm. because we're... Strange, kind of embarrassing things were happening, and now everybody is so. You know, it's I don't not more professional because it's many readers, but it's not.
0: It's not as crazy. It's fun and romance positive. And and there's, there's no expectation that if you don't want to do some of the crazier things, you don't have to dress up. And if you don't, it's not a problem. My, I, I admit it took me, at least one or two RTS to really understand convention culture versus conference culture Mm. because i've been going to conferences that's a good point yeah I i i've been going to conferences since i was an undergraduate and those were academic conferences even if they were popular culture studies conferences like the popular culture association of the south has a great annual conference but that's an academic conference that is a conference where you go and you talk and you learn there's no costumes conventions can include the dressing up, and the costumes, and the funky parties, and the themed evenings, and it took me one or two RTs to understand the difference, but also that if I didn't want to do that stuff, it was okay. It was not a problem if I did dress up, and I dressed up for the first time this year, and didn't feel all that skicked out about it i was okay i dressed up for the first time this year too that, it was your costume was pretty awesome <laughs> it was pretty impressive um well, i owe
1: that to pj schneider she dressed me up in all her pe- steampunk laced gear. you up oh yeah i was definitely i was <laughs> laced in and popping out that there is a lot of cleavage here still we have to say that there's still a lot of cleavage here. there is
0: ample cleavage but it's not outrageously um it's not going to jump out and hit you. I, I, I have to admire some of the cleavage, so I'm a little jealous. <laughs> when, when you have that much of an endowment and you can get it to defy gravity, mad props to you. <laughs> but I, one of the things that I think I said
1: this to you earlier in the week is that I didn't realize when you wore a costume that even people at the conference stop. And stare and take notice. Like even though they're used to it, they still mm-hmm. notice it, and it's it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting experience
0: being a costume,
1: but it's not like it's not malicious. No, okay, no. it's not. Oh
0: my god, you freak! It's whoa, you look good. Yeah, How I got did it. you? Because some a of the of costumes are really amazing and opulent. the The steampunk ones have so many layers, and, and I don't mean this in a, in a skeevy way. There's so much to Yeah, like there's (laughs) a gun over here and a good gear over here and some stuff over there and things on your back and things and there's lots of things to look at. There's so many layers to it. You kind of want to stop and go wait. Just just wow.
1: I'm always amazed by the detail that goes into some of the costumes because people must spend hundreds of hours putting those
0: together, especially if they make them. Yeah, to say nothing of the luggage fees to bring them. (laughs) Yeah. Alyssa Day was part of an event I was at, and she wore wings. And she's like, they didn't fit in the suitcase. I'm not bringing them home. I'm just going to leave them here let somebody else enjoy them. Like, the tops were bent. She's like, I had to bend them and fit them in. Wings are hard to to, to transport. Do do hotel mates take wings
1: home with them? I do not know, (laughs) but I hope so. I hope so. I wonder, at the end of a a convention like this, um... What happens to all the things people leave behind? Do they go into lost and found? Do they, they, do they the get garbage. garbage? Do they get thrown out all the books and the swag. And- books.
0: If you leave books in the hotel room, most often they are thrown away. Is my understanding. Um, you can find a hotel employee and ask them personally, "Do you want these?" But if you leave things, I think that many different hotels have policies about what the uh, housekeeping staff can do with things that are found in the room that are not a tip most stuff either has to be taken to lost and found, or if it's like every room leaving 10 books, it goes into the trash, which is really unfortunate. But I also kind of understand that if you have a rule where if it's something that's in the room, you can take it, that could be a very bad policy to have. If I've left things in the room,
1: like, um, you know, like I'll get bath things or things that I can't fit into my carry-on if I'm traveling, conferences will give me things, I'll leave them in the room, but I always leave a note.
0: Yes, this say, is for you. This is
1: for you if you want it, if you don't. Please throw it away. Mm-hmm. But I didn't leave it behind. It's not, you, you can have it. Yeah.
0: The one thing I do love, though, is that everyone has left a cell phone charger at hotels. There's like this cloud of cell phone chargers. <laughs> and you can go from hotel to hotel to is... What? And I, I mean, if my charger stops working, there's like eight or nine at security. And they're like, here you go. You can keep it. <laughs> if, if everyone has ever thought about the cloud as a physical thing, there is a cloud of, of cell phone chargers at every hotel.
1: Do they really have them? Or if you go ask them, do you have yes. this charger?
0: Yes, I did it here. I've done it at other hotels. I my never ch- knew that. How many hotels have I stayed in? I never knew that. Everyone, <laughs> leaves, a, everyone leaves a cell phone charger. Who's going to call a hotel and be like, I left my cell phone charger. You're just going to go buy another one. That's right. So they have buckets. When I was at one hotel, they had these little plastic like shoe buckets, one for each kind. They had four. They had BlackBerry. Android, Apple, and Unknown. And they just put them all up and we're like, which one do you like? You can have it. Because they can't throw them away. Technically, it's lost and found. But no one ever claims it. You wouldn't know it, but Jane is also here. Hello. <laughs> she is also very sleepy. Have you had have, have you have any, uh, anything you've noticed about RT this year that was different from previous years?
2: No, but I agree with Angie that the RT has really changed in the atmosphere. Uh, I was actually talking about that with some newcomers last night about how it's a lot different in fact I ran into an author who hadn't been back for several years this is her first time back she's a longtime author been publishing for 20 years and a bunch of her friends were coming and she's like oh I don't do RT that's just not for me and they're like no no it's changed I think you should come so she did come and she said she was really blown away by it um that she would definitely come back uh I think you're right, Angie, that the over-sexualization has really uh, dropped dramatically, uh, that RT has done a great job of being really reader-focused and making it um, about introducing ways in which uh, authors and fans can meet together. I've seen it increased in bloggers Mm -hmm. especially today at the signing you saw a bunch of them walking around with their t-shirts with their blogs. I love that I love that
1: they're walking around uh with the t-shirts and that you can identify them like um Melissa from uh uh the um they're the blogging s and yes s and m obsessions bitches be bloggers yeah bitches be blogging love that. She's, wore, she's worn it every day. You can I love that
2: type of advertisement and pride in the blog. Yeah, you see a lot of them here. In fact, um, just like the three of us have become friends over the internet right. and our love for romance books, there are definitely bloggers who've had the same experience mm-hmm. and they've come together from their disparate regions to meet and meet with their favorite authors and... Um, talk about their favorite hobbies. So it's really wonderful.
1: I have to say that's actually, I said to somebody I, I, I met uh, somebody who I've tweet, exchanged tweets with for several years and we ended up standing in line next to each other and I said, you know, I've been coming for so long that I've met many authors and this year I have met so many readers that I have gotten to know over the years that I've never met before. I feel like I know a lot about their lives. I've actually gotten to spend time with them this year and um people who love books like i do it's amazing and that's i think that's what rt is supposed to be about mm-hmm. and i i really think they've actually
0: gotten there like they're achieving their goal i also think that they were very early in recognizing and inviting bloggers yeah like your readers too we want you here we want you to do things we want you to come you are you are definitely part of this community even if they don't quite know what to do with you in the early part like, <laughs> it doesn't matter we want you here
1: yeah, and that's good because in some ways they could see bloggers and reviewers as competition, but instead they see them as part no, of the community. They were they, they
0: really like, "Come on down."
1: I also, I have to say, from a publisher point of
0: view, I have to give Joe Carroll mad props. Oh, she because Joe Carroll is the person who organizes and runs the convention. She does it with an army of volunteers.
1: Her army of volunteers—they're amazing—and. You know, I've been doing this for a number of years as a publisher, and behind the scenes, I see Joe Carroll oil this machine more and more every year. And oh, yeah. this year, it just, it was tremendous. The behind the scenes of the volunteers and um, Joe Carroll and her, just everybody that was helping her, mm-hmm. they were so they've been so efficient. They're huge, and it's a huge and number of people. Yeah, but... it's, it's it's really impressive how far they've come and, and just really improved things. I got
0: to look at one of the volunteers' schedules. They were scheduled to the minute. Like, this is when you're here, and this is when you're here. Take a break. Please come here at this time, this time. Like, they are are aware of the coverage that they need for different things, and the volunteers are I hope those volunteers get free registration. They – I was in their lounge, and they have little baskets with their names on them, different color. They're, like, miniature plastic laundry baskets, Um, almost like beach bags, really. And each one has their name on it. So as publishers send a gift for them, one goes in every basket. So I was in there early on the, earlier on Friday, and then in the afternoon I was trying to find somebody and went back, and there was five or six new huge gifts in the baskets for each of the volunteers. So I think they get a lot of behind-the-scenes acknowledgement. That's and, good. They and, deserve it. Oh, they work really hard. <laughs> they work totally very deserve hard. it. One thing I did today that I haven't, I don't think I've done this before, um, I was walking towards the book signing after our breakfast with Erica from Book Pushers, and I introduced her to somebody, and I turned to her, I said, do you want me to introduce you by your name or by your Twitter name? Yeah. And she said, either one. So when I introduced her, I said, this is Erica, she's on Twitter as ebook pushers. The immediate reaction was, I talk to you all the time, oh my gosh. You, you already know these people before you get here, and if you can find one, one another by how you talk to each other, there's no... There's no ice breaking. There's no awkwardness. It's just let's talk in person. It's it's true. We were. I was at lunch
1: with some bloggers, and I, they didn't all know each other. And I introduced them by name, and then by the Twitter, Twitter handle yep. first, and and it, you know name. They're like, oh, hi. and then Twitter name. You're like, oh right, you're so and so. So I would love to see the badges. Yeah. Change to include the Twitter names, and somebody said, "Wouldn't it be cool if we had QR codes on our badges where you could just scan the QR QR code, get to somebody's Twitter, and
0: follow them, them from your phone?" That would be an easy sticker to make. You can and you could doctor we're have your own up. badge. we to each make our own QR codes, stickers, uh, Twitter and Facebook QR codes, yes. and just stick them on there. It's really interesting to see how QR codes show up at conferences. Like I have a theory that QR codes really work in two contexts. They shouldn't be on something that you carry with you, because if you have something with you with a QR code on it, you might as well just carry it to the computer and look it up. It's you, The QR code works for a, an intangible moment, a very quick interaction, or a place where you're only doing one thing, like the toilet. <laughs> QR codes toilet stalls. This. QR codes and toilet stalls. I am not lying. They are very effective. Because what are you doing in the toilet? You're playing with your phone. That is just like a whole other conversation
1: about the germs on phones Yeah, right Yes, now. we don't have to
0: discuss that. <laughs> but... QR codes don't work on something that you take with you, but if you meet somebody and you click their QR code, you're good. That's what I'm saying. A QR code on the badge. badge. You're totally right. Handles and, and QR codes on. I, mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to experiment with that, like at RWA. We'll do it. Yeah, let's try it. If someone was asking you, "Is RT worth it for me as a reader? Mm-hmm. What you know? Why should I consider coming to RT next year in, in New Orleans? What do you get out of RT?" And if they were, you know, a rare romance reader like any other that you know, what do you think would be the most convincing element that, oh, what, gosh. what advice would you give them?
1: That's a hard question. Well, I think that if you're going to come to a convention, if you're going to spend the money to come to a convention, you have to be in a place where you're going to be willing to put yourself in a position to meet people. Yes. Like, you can't expect people to come to you Ooh. because um, this is actually a very open a convention and people are very welcoming. You friendly. can walk up to pretty much any conversation unless it looks really heated and intense and then you might not want to, but for the most part you can walk up to any conversation and join in. But uh, people aren't looking for the people sitting by themselves and looking to say, Hey, do you do you want to join us? Because so you have to be able to put yourself out there yes. and, and expect to make an effort to meet people. So if that is Nearly impossible for you. Then you need to bring a buddy who can. Do yeah, I was going to say you
0: need to bring a friend
1: so you can travel together and and not travel together and stick together the whole time. But you have to bring somebody who's not just like you. So so that the only two people you talk to are each other. Mm-hmm. You have to bring somebody with you who's like the opposite of you. Yes,
0: who's going to going to bring in all the
1: people. I think that there is value in meeting people in person who similarly love things that you love, even if it's just books, because it reminds you that there is a reason that you won love books and it also feels kind of validating because sometimes people don't understand the reading obsession. Yes. And, uh, I think that can be excellent. Uh, I think there is, I think there's something both good and bad about meeting authors because I think that on one hand, sometimes it, it, you see how awesome the author is and then sometimes you can hit the author on a a bad day Mm -hmm. and, it can totally shatter your illusions and I know that has happened here I've heard a couple of stories where I think they just you know maybe they just caught the the author at a rare moment and they were you know that reader suddenly is very disappointed because it wasn't what they were expecting from an interaction with that author so I think there is some
0: danger on meeting your favorite author but on the other hand the number of authors who come here ready to sit down and hang out with readers and do nothing but talk to readers and other authors I mean I don't Know of all that many authors who arrive here with their friends and refuse to intermingle with anyone else. There no. are not that many people that w- are that do that. They want to meet as many people as possible.
1: And the thing that's awesome is that authors are readers too. Yep. so they want they don't want to oh, necessarily yeah. just talk to you about their book. They want to talk to you no. about everything that you're loving reading, and that they want to they want
0: to <laughs> have a good book to read home on the plane.
1: You do come here and find out about authors and books that you didn't know about before yeah there's so many ways to do that the author parties the publisher parties all of the swag on the promo i mean you could you could you spend a lot of money (laughs) finding new authors and new books
0: you can come up with a lot of swag options to bring home
1: too you know what else i thought was cool is we did a steampunk panel and uh, there was somebody in the panel who said she was there because she had only discovered steampunk the hour before at the steampunk tea. So she actually discovered a new genre while she was here. And I thought that was really neat. That is really cool. And so she wanted to know more about steampunk and where should she start so and who should next she read. Panel. And she found a new genre. And while she was here, she
0: could find out more about it and get a whole bunch
1: okay, of recommendations. Gosh.
0: And there's also a lot of opportunities to pick up books any publisher signing oh my gosh any publisher yeah. signing like the Avon soirée last night the line went around the lobby twice mm-hmm. there were huge glasses of wine and a chocolate fountain and huge piles of food the room was full full of people getting books signed and there were people walking <laughs> walking around with their arms down near their near their knees practically carrying 20, 25 books, because they were going from author to author to get them signed. Plus, Avon has cards now for a free digital download of a book, so the author can sign the card, and then the back has instructions on how to access the book from their site. There There is no shortage of opportunity to get <laughs> free paper or digital books. And you did an event for Karina where you gave everyone a thumb drive that had... Was it 15? I don't know. I like 12 or 15 books on, on it. On the thumb drive. Don't throw away the
1: thumb drive. <laughs> don't throw away got
0: books. And you had coupons.
1: Yes. I have $25 gift cards that for I've been Karina giving store. away for
0: the Karina store. That's right. So you like rolled up in here with, you know, a couple thousand dollars worth of merchandise I know, on pieces of paper. Look how transportable it was, though. Yeah. It was <laughs> Nothing easy. Nothing heavy to carry You're here you know, or home. Super easy. Just don't lose the code. As a publisher, what does RT do for you? Um, You know, there are a
1: couple of reasons that I come to RT every year. One, as a publisher, we do depend on RT to continue to bring in readers. And so we want to continue to let readers know that we're here. Mm -hmm. And this is what Karina Press publishes. This is what Harlequin publishes. These are the things that we think that you'll enjoy. Here's what we're excited about. So we are looking for RT to continue to bring in the readers and um, give us the opportunity to talk to them. And you know, for a publisher, it's not any different for a reader. I can't expect readers to come find me and want of to talk course. to me. I have to go out and, and make myself my available. For them. But you know, it's also we had. Um, I think 60 authors that we're going to be here, at least 60 authors just from Karina press, not including all of the other Harlequin authors Mm -hmm. who are here this year, including newly signed authors. Yes. Uh, Sherry Michaels, who we just signed two weeks ago, brand new debut author. She's so excited. Um, it's the opportunity to also see them in person and uh, touch base with them and see how things are going because you can reach out via email, but you know, personal interaction is still excellent. And then there's also just the opportunity to meet with other publishers and agents and see what else what's going on in the publishing world and talk to them one on one as well.
0: How has digital publishing and RT changed?
1: Well, it, earlier you mentioned the part where there didn't used to be that digital the digital book signing, and all romance eBooks came in and has they every year they do it differently in a new way and they're always innovating the ways that authors can sell digital books at the book signing mm-hmm. um of course <laughs> another way is when i first started coming digital publishers were small press mm-hmm. all digital publishing was small press it was uh alora's cave um i don't think sam Hain existed my lucid? first i don't present? think sam Hain existed lucid would have would be one and that probably Liquid Silver was around in those early years so it was all small press digital publishing and now you have traditional publishers here like Harlequin talking about Karina Press Digital or Harlequin E or, or Cosmo Red Hot Reads from Harlequin but you also have Avon talking about Avon Impulse and then there's uh, Intermix mm-hmm. and there's Forever from um, uh, Grand, Grand Central. Central so now we have big publishers coming in with digital and you know, eight years ago, there weren't a lot of authors who were self-publishing mm-hmm. digitally. And now we have all sorts of authors uh, doing digital self-publishing. So it's definitely changed.
0: <laughs> there were a number of authors at the book signing today who were self-published, who had brought their own books to sell. I was sitting next to Jacinda Wilder. I was going to say Walker, but that's not right. She had all of her books um, from Space there so people could take. But then the number of people who came up to her and said, I want to buy it digitally, and she's like, you should do that if that's what you want. You don't have to do this one. You can do whatever you like. There's a, a more a, a sort of a cross-platform understanding and encouragement that if you're not buying at the book signing and you just want to meet an author, that's cool. That's totally okay. If you want to buy a digital book later, that's a great thing.
1: A lot of um, at the ebook expo on Thursday night, I was talking to authors and saying, you know, how's it going? Have you sold any books? And you know, this is just across detective authors from all different publishers, and pretty much all of them said, I haven't sold a lot of books, but I had a lot of people have me sign their Kindle cover or their yes. Nook cover, yes. which I thought that's something we never used to see, and we've only seen in the last few years, and um, take something so that they remember to download it when they got home. And hopefully those convert to sales.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I remember two or three years ago, an author getting really excited that they had been asked to sign a Kindle, and it was the first time that had ever mm. happened. I saw that happen over and over and saw Kindles, much like tote bags, covered covered with signatures. We should talk about the swag. We should talk about the <laughs> swag. There is nothing more awesome than coming to a conference of 2,500 women and giving away condoms. because. There's not a lot of penises here. I don't know what the condoms are for. And I don't know if I'd ever use a condom that was a piece of swag because how do I know <laughs> it's safe? If that was my primary method of birth control, I'm not sure that swag is where I'm going to get my birth control.
1: Well, we were talking, you and I, about whether uh, how much it's worth it to come and give away swag. Yes, Because you said we for you, you felt like you might get lost in a sea of swag. Yeah. And at Karina, we, we do give away swag, but our swag tends to be larger you and not give just in presents but in item. not just in presents but sometimes in dollars. So we do water really nice water bottles or really nice really padfolios. Nice. Oh, I love those water bottles. They're fantastic for working out. Um uh, you know, we do really nice padfolios. You want to say
2: something, Jane? <laughs> I was just going to say Sourcebooks is doing water bottles in conjunction with a MMA book they have coming out, oh, that's which what I they thought idea. was
1: clever. That's clever.
2: MMA Mixed martial arts. Thank you. <laughs> Art. I was like male,
0: male, and <laughs> but we male, male, and a goat.
1: <laughs> you talked. You and I also talked about um, all the paper. Oh like, my god! god.
2: And I how I effective that is. I don't need a bookmark. I don't read books. I still have a Vivian um lip gloss or lip chapstick that she gave me last year. <laughs> it just sits in my um, medicine cabinet where I don't always use it, but I have it there. And she gave me another one this year this year vivian gave me a bottle opener somebody gave she me beer. Gave me
1: one last year too <laughs> somebody gave me beer and it's pry off and i said you have no idea the lengths i went to in my hotel room trying to it's pry off the top
0: of this beer but she
1: her, they're flat bottle openers and she said they're like credit card size so they fit in your wallet yep. they don't take up any space and it's there when you need it just it yeah it's brilliant i love that but I do, I always look at the swag and go, what's useful, what's effective, and what seems like maybe just a waste. Well, Sarah... Up,
0: likes the kitchen stuff. I maintain that there is ample room for incredible innovation in terms of author swag and kitchen yeah. items. Well, Shannon Stacy did the. Shannon did spoons, and I did not get one, and I am so bummed because when I I was signing, and when I got up, she was gone, and all of the spoons were gone. <sighs> I, I wanted to sign her, but somebody else did.
1: I thought I picked up one of these. I wish I knew the author that had done it because I haven't. I didn't really look at it closely yet. Did um teaspoon, tablespoon measuring. And it's one teaspoon-tablespoon. I'm sorry, I wish I knew the author. And you can use it for both tablespoon measurement and teaspoon measurement. I thought, I will use this. I will oh, put yeah. this in my
0: kitchen and I will use it. I have three pieces of swag in my kitchen that I use so often. I have spatulas from Louisa Edwards. Hmm. I have a chip clip from an author named Elizabeth Keys. I don't even know if she's publishing. I got that at the New Jersey Romance Writers in 2005. Was I. <coughs> A handful of months after the website started, and I was pregnant with my with my first child, and I went to their signing because I wanted to meet Lisa Kleypas, and I was close enough to give, I think their signing's in, Octo- in October, and I gave birth in over. I was close enough to giving birth, I couldn't go to the whole conference, I just went to the signing. I got a chip clip from Elizabeth Keys, and I use that thing every week, and I have a cat food lid from Linda L. Miller, and, it, and everyone laughs at this, but it says, from my pet family to yours... With love from Linda Leo Miller, and I see that thing every single day, and I know a lot of people think cowboys with Linda Leo Miller. I think pets,
1: <laughs> and I use that thing every flipping day. I like the chip clips too. Um, I also like the magnet clips because I put those oh, on my yeah. fridge to hold my daughter's you know artwork Schedule or things and like that. Permission slips. Yep. Uh, again, Magnetic I can't remember the. Flips. I can't remember the author who gave it to me, and she'll probably listen and be like, How couldn't remember, and I can't remember who gave it to me, but somebody gave me." these cork circles but they have like a half moon cut out at the top they're to put in your car drink holder to absorb the liquid and they have her branding on it and I was like I'll take four two for each of
0: my cars
1: hell yeah
0: (laughs) I think that there is ample room for swag innovation in kitchen and in reusable items. Yes, reusable. Because we are all more cognizant of re- reusing things and recycling things. And there's a number of pieces of swag that are a wrapper that you take off a piece of candy or something and then throw you away. You said that about And candy, I think about I this see. author with 60 gazillion Hershey Kisses as far as the eyes can see with stickers on the bottom of each one. And it's disposable. But if you got reusable snack bags, mm-hmm. reusable things that you carry in your purse... Even Vivian Aaron's little bags with a lip gloss and a bottle opener, I use things like that.
2: But, and I think this is a, it, it depends on where you are and what kind of interaction you want with authors. I it's agree true. with that. I've been trying to figure out, but. Because there's a lot of, especially the bloggers that I met at the BloggerCon or here last night, they want those physical artifacts, particularly the um, books the printed books um, or cover flats or something that they view as the physical manifestation of their um, favorite book. Mm. And so to some, they're not going to promo Alley probably to find their favorite author, but that physical artifact is really important to them, particularly signed from them. And so I think that you have to think about who your audience is, um, what purpose your swag is serving Um, if it's a type of promotion then maybe something that's longer lasting but if it's something to uh, secure to communicate with your reader your already fan and to cement their uh, um, relationship with your books then you're going to want something that is more uh, linked to the uh, book itself and I also think that it makes sense to have swag that Is kind of representative of the um, the characters in your story.
1: So that's well. J.C. Burton has the cover flats of all of her uh, play-by-play books.
0: (laughs) And I, I am not embossed though. I can't feel the abs, (laughs) and I'm not into abs and pecs but I would totally be into embossed J.C. Barton covers. I,
1: I must say that when you see those cover flats... You stop. You stop cool. at those cover flats. Lauren think, Dane's flats, too. Right, and I want to... Jane. I agree with you that uh, that type of cover flat is, like you said, an it's embodiment an of... It's like the book. And um, if you're reading digitally, it's nice to have that cover flat especially with J.C. Burton's covers because you want to lick them all. Uh, It's it's good Mm -hmm. to have that. But I think that... I don't think that that's
0: true for every author. And I think that's a particular book. Like, you want a particular item from someone that is important to you. It's very hard to predict how many of those readers are going to come up to an author. One thing I am fascinated with is it seems that bookmarks are as possible as ever even as more more of us read digitally there are a lot of bookmarks in the rt bag and one conference the washington romance writers conference that we went to recently instituted a no paper policy in their conference bag you can't put paper stuff in you have to put something well the else. year
1: we were there it was like bulging full of paper i've never seen so much paper in my life <laughs>
0: You mean it, Oh, um, not Washington um, Romance Writers. I was thinking Emerald City. Emerald City was paper. Washington Romance Writers had a no paper policy. That's right. If you wanted to put in something, you had to do something other than paper, mm-hmm. which meant that people got together and did something creative, especially if they could all pool their resources. The RT bag had a ton of paper. I was surprised because
1: I thought in the past years they've had no paper rules. So I was surprised to see that this yeah. year.
0: I admit, if I see a pen in Promo Alley, I grab it. Pens never stop being useful. I like nice pens. Oh, yeah. If it's a nice pen that... that Clicker pen. Clicker (laughs) pen, because then it's not going to draw on the inside of my bag. (laughs) And there are promo items that I will grab um, for my kids, as long as they're not, you know, say, a condom. I have keychains that are kangaroos. I think they might also be bottle openers. I I tried to use it as a bottle opener. It didn't (laughs) work.
1: I don't know. I exploded the beer all over the wall when I opened it. I just might have been abusing it wrong.
0: <laughs> so I have kangaroo keychains. I love that keychain. I thing. thought they were adorable. And the the percentage of swag that I actually grab to bring home to my kids is like, here, there's some fun stuff. Like dog tags, bracelets, <laughs> things like that. I enjoy that, but the things that make a lasting impression on me that I continually reuse and remember the author's name because I'm reusing it are things that are really useful, like cup liners for your car it's really hard to be innovative but I think there's room for not a bookmark yeah and that's not to say bookmarks aren't important because when you are at a book signing and you run out of books you start signing bookmarks and handing them out
1: yeah I I want to say two things because you made me remember something one is the other cool swag that I saw is Damon Suede did uh, purse hooks
0: I love my Damon Suede purse hook it works so well and
1: that is really really smart but you made me think of something when you said when you run out of books, then you can have signed bookmarks or yeah. cover flats. Yeah. If you are at a book signing and you run out of books, please do not leave your table. No. Don't leave the signing because your readers still want to come and meet you. Sing it. Yeah.
0: It, if, you, if you sell out, stay where you are. Stay
1: where you are. They still want to meet you. They haven't gotten to you yet. If you don't have books. They'll take your picture. They'll meet you. They'll say
0: hi. The book signing is not always about the book. That's
1: so right. actually, that's
0: probably secondary or maybe even tertiary to meeting the person. Yeah. If they wanted the book, they can just order it anytime. They I have seen so
1: many readers disappointed oh, it's when an sad. author leaves because they run out of books and she's like, Well and the author says I want or the reader says, I wanted I wanted to meet her. I just wanted to meet her. I love her books and I wanted to tell the author how much I love yep. if the book signing is ten to two,
0: be there from ten to two. Yes. Unless you're on fire. <laughs> I feel guilty when I have to go pee at a book signing. <laughs> because the, it's like when you're at a game and you get up to go to the bathroom, that's when they score. When you get up to go to the bathroom, that's when your line will show up. Or when you there. and
1: I are at a baseball game, we get up to go to the bathroom. That's when the foul ball gets hit yes, to our seats. into our seats.
0: Yes. Where we were sitting. <laughs> not that we are bitter.
1: <laughs> I'm not really bitter because I probably would have gotten hit by the baseball. Yeah, so. I would have that.
0: What kinds of things do you think you'll do next year? Do you have any ideas for next year's RT?
1: I won't schedule breakfast so I can sleep in. <laughs> yeah. That's probably not the question that you're you No, it's perfectly acceptable. Um, next year, I want to do another reader game. I love doing the games, love games with the readers.
0: I games. Um, More games. Just because they're IT. so fun. Um, and it removes the sales yeah. from the session. If your session is about playing a game, then the primary focus becomes. Articulating and then executing the game. Mm-hmm. Secondary to that is, who are you? Why are you here? Are you an author? What do you write? And then it becomes not a cell. It's an ancillary thing. Some of the best games that I've been to, I've been to two bingo games. Bingo is so super easy to run, and people love it, especially if you use candy as a place marker, because <laughs> then it's candy. What's wrong with that? Last year or two years ago, Courtney Milan, Victoria Dahl, Tessa Dare, and I'm going to forget the rest of their names, they did a whole game of... um, Cripes, now I forget the name of the game. What is it when you sit and you have a a word behind you and someone has to give you... Pyramid? Yeah, it's a lot like pyramid. They had a word behind Mm -hmm. a person and then whoever was their partner had to get them to say that word. But there were a number of things they weren't allowed to say to clue them in. But they were all... I love games like that. Yes, they were (laughs) romance-specific. And, you know, you'd have to get somebody to say bosoms and come up with a way to say... (laughs) But you couldn't say breasts, and you couldn't say cleavage, and you couldn't say heaving. So you had to get somebody to say bosoms without using those words. So they did a whole... I mean, there was PowerPoint involved. But it was so fun, and the prizes were super easy things like lollipops and things it didn't matter if you won a prize it was the entertainment of it and then the the secondary element is these are the authors who are running it and these are the authors who are you know if if you're brought up they're going to say what is your name are you a reader where are you from you get to know everybody in participating in the game I love game story. <laughs> I want to do more.
1: So yeah, I want to do another reader. I want to do reader game. Uh, we do a reader game at the Laurie Foster get together in June. We did it last year. It was, it was Romance Pictionary, and we're doing Romance Pictionary again this year. And it is so much fun. Oh, trying to get good. people to say you know to do Fabio in their drawing. Yes, some, you, know, and, it you know, and some of it is you know some things that you probably shouldn't be drawing. Yes, it's <laughs> uh, yeah. I want to. Um, I want to do another reader event, and I actually want to spend next year again, I'm hoping that more uh, people who are on Twitter and readers, I want to spend more time with readers, um, as much for myself as for being a publisher, and I I want to do, I don't know, I want to do something different next year. I haven't decided what it is, but um, I'm thinking.
0: Each publisher tends to hold an event. Yeah, we like will, There's a we'll cocktail hold party her. or a signing or something. We do the
1: cocktail party on Saturday night, usually before the Harlequin Dance Party on uh, Saturday night. I like the cocktail party because it's also interaction, but it's a very low-key interaction. Everybody comes in, they get a question on a piece of paper, and they have to find the Karina Press author that the question belongs to, and you get swag, and you get entered into winning an iPad, and you get a chance to meet the authors, and it's very low-pressure. And there's champagne and food usually. What's wrong with that? I like that. I want to see how
0: RT changes again next year, especially if it's in New Orleans. That's going to have a real effect on, I think, on the tone of the conference.
1: Yeah, I'm, I am a little worried about that actually. Yeah, because I don't want the tone of the conference to go back to go back to where it was before.
0: I think it would be different. I think I don't think that it would be like salacious man titty and cover model <laughs> vote mongering. I think if anything, if there's, if it, it's just more Mardi Gras, and this place already has a heavy Mardi Gras element, it's just more of it. Well,
2: it's my favorite thing, is, thing is, is meeting with the, the readers ones. too. I mean, um, yeah, I I really enjoyed um, meeting Melissa and Megan. Um, yeah, uh, two individuals I had never even interacted with before on in, on um, the internet, mm-hmm. and like I felt like Melissa is your a soulmate for book taste I was talking to her again last night and we were talking about a couple other books and I'm like well Angie James has the same response to those books as you do and it's just kind of neat to meet people and that's what I enjoy and they have a real passion for reading so I feel like if I hear a lot from bloggers saying you know I'm kind of feeling um worn down or um discouraged maybe even this is a place to come and meet with other readers, and I think their passion can reignite yours. I think that's true. I love. Um, we had breakfast this morning with Erica,
1: ebook pushers, and it was funny because we were talking about a book that we had both just gotten done reading, and because I, I was asking her what she loved, and she told me that this book that of a of a series that she loved, and I said, "Oh, I just finished that. I had never read the series before. I picked it up, and." Um, I was totally lost. I never read out of order in series, but I read it anyways. And she had a totally different reaction to it than I did. And so I got the opportunity to tell her why I had the reaction that I did. And I don't, you know, we don't, it's hard to do that on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And sometimes because of my position, I don't always like to do that on the internet in general. In public. And so it's, you know, because I don't want anybody to feel like I'm bashing their book, but it was just my reaction to the book.
0: Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because her reaction was so different. When you were describing this book to me a day or two earlier, I was completely confused and also pretty sure that this is not something I would ever want to enjoy reading. But it was really cool to listen to her talk about all the things that she liked about it, even though I know I'm never going to read it. That makes me curious to, to find books that had the things that she was talking about that I was curious about.
1: And I saw I, I saw the things that she liked about it. I saw it, but um, there were also th- so many things that didn't work for me. Didn't
0: work for you? Do you have any book recommendations for podcast listeners of things that are coming out from Karina Books? Because a lot of the people who listen to podcasts listen while they're commuting to work and they're in their cars, and then they get to work, and then they go online to the entry about the podcast where we list all of the books that we've talked about, and then they go and they, like, check them out. So if you have recommendations, we would like to hear them.
1: All right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna recommend some Karina Press books. That was what I wanted. And hope that the authors that I don't mention, of which there will be many, won't be too angry with me. But then I also want to recommend a few non-Karina Press books. Um I have to start with Defiance by Stephanie Tyler because I've been talking about this book for months without ever mentioning the title or the author. This would I, be
0: the YA post-apocalyptic no, motorcycle adu- game. New
1: adult post-apocalyptic part, motorcycle, new motorcycle club. New adult post-apocalyptic motorcycle I just, club. I kind of love it because it's dark and sexy and it's different and. So you don't recommend it for me. Uh, <laughs> Jane
0: says no. Shane is like No,
1: no, 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 no I am fully aware. This is not my. No, but I did like it. If you like Alpha Heroes, it's definitely it's definitely Alpha. And How does it compare to Kristen Ashley or similar books? Well, it's not contemporary. Right. I, I mean, it's post-apocalyptic, but it's not, like, way in the future post-apocalyptic, so it's definitely still got um, contemporary roots. And it's not as long as Kristen Ashley's Motorcycle Man, which we all know I loved. I did a post for it on Dear Author, Ten Reasons You Should Read It. Um and I would say that the characters are younger than Motorcycle Man, although Kristen Ashley just did and um, uh, Tabby's book, which they were younger characters. And I would say that the, heroes, the hero is not quite as, as much of a dominating force. He is still very dominant,
2: but he's not, he's, he's not as dominating. I would say that the hero is a strong character but he's not trying to dominate the heroine. That's not the dynamic between the two of them, but he has to be very strong and uh, exert his power in certain ways because there is a power struggle between the younger generation and the older generation. In the motorcycle club, yeah. And so uh, his alphaness or his power is trying to um, create stability within the club and steer the club in a certain direction. Um, And at times, it seems like his uh, path seems at odds with her path. Uh, But I never felt like he was trying to rule her. No, I wouldn't say so. The other
1: one I'll mention is another one that Jane has also read is the winning season by Allison Packard. Which
2: I loved. Which you loved.
0: When does that come
2: out? It comes out in July. And, and I actually think that's one that Sarah might like.
1: Well, I sent it to Sarah because yes. it's got a, a hero who's a baseball player. And yes, which, this is all of my thing.
0: <laughs> this is like, here's <laughs> Tim you
1: And know, he went through a period of time where something happened, and he almost destroyed his life and his career, and now he's trying to come back from that. And the heroine is basically... PR for the baseball team and she doesn't like him and he makes yeah. her life difficult. But she also has her own conflict because she used to have an eating disorder. And so she has her own issues. But the her body issues never made you feel like you wanted to say like, oh, get over yourself. Stop thinking about what you look like. Her issues were very real. And they were—you could empathize with them.
2: And I didn't read the first book, but they are in the very first book that Jane with the Y recommended. Uh, uh, Love in the afternoon. Love in the yes. Afternoon, between the soap opera actress. Yes. And what's interesting is that her sister is obviously really be- traditionally beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's an actress in a soap opera, and the hero was actually very cruel to the heroine um, in that previous book. Yes. And. She has a legitimate reason for hating on him. And I also felt like their sexual tension wasn't forced. It came on and she kind of struggled with it because she had these feelings of animosity toward him. And I loved that she was tall and very athletic and she had these you know identity issues but they didn't rule her Mm -hmm. it just seemed very authentic like we all have issues with our bodies and uh, ourselves from time to time and so it's not like she's looking in the mirror every day and you know angsting over how she appears Um, and she has a full life with friends and other activities and you know she has no time for his bullshit right And She's a strong heroine, I really liked that about her She was a strong heroine Definitely, and she calls him on stuff And he acknowledges that he was a dickhole (laughs) And that, you know, even though he had a good excuse He realizes, I shouldn't say he had a good excuse He was in a dark place And he comes to the realization of, um, you know, that So everything about that book worked for me and I'm gonna, now I'm going to talk about one that didn't work for you <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Rebound Girl by Tamara Morgan. Which you just really did not. Oh. You see, she's she's you can't see where she's got her. Scatter. You didn't hands like hands over her face, but, but, her hands in her hair. But it's the review. There have been reviews where people are really responding well to this book. It's a contemporary romance.
0: And You're wrong, is what you
1: said. No, right. I'm not. Because I <laughs> I'm always, think, I'm just saying that they're they're you know it's not like universally disliked. I know you didn't care for it, and there and it seems like I've been kind of looking at reviews. People seem to. This is one of those, like, Rush Me by Alison Power. People seem to like this book, or they really don't like this book, which I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing no, in a romance. It's not. it's not. So we're, I mean, we're looking forward to having Tamara writing for us, because she's writing um, several books for us. The next one is Derby Girl, which is going to, like, a roller derby girl, which I love, because you don't those see a girls lot of roller derby girls. Those girls are
2: tough. Roller I, derby is hard. I could see what she was trying to do in that book, but I... It didn't work for me because the heroine, she wanted to have a heroine who was very strong, outgoing, and kind of sexually, com- not kind of, sexually confident. Hmm. And I wanted that, too. But I felt like every time the heroine was sexually confident, something bad happened to her. So then I was like, are you trying to say that if you're sexually confident, bad things will happen to you? And... Um, it was a real struggle for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I have to mention one more just because it's so unique, and that is um, Christine. I always say her name wrong. Diabo Dio. She's going to be listening to this and going, oh, can't you get it right after this many years? She's, She's in Diabo? Christine yes because she has a but it's choose your own erotica so we get to go on the sexual journey with the heroine and help her choose her kink and choose her ending and get her to the sometimes non-traditional happily ever after cool well, choose your shot <laughs> nice
0: what books do you what other books do you want to recommend because you said you wanted to recommend some that weren't Karina
1: I do, because uh, Nalini Singh, I have, to, I have to talk about Nalini Singh because I've been listening to her audiobooks after having read all of them several times, and I've been listening to um, listening to my audiobook, and the narrator does such a great job, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to listen to them because I actually hear different things. Oh, yes. And of course, Nalini ha- does have a book coming out. Where we find out who the ghost is. We're not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> we talk about it. Nalini will appear and <laughs> smash us to bits. But I think I, Nalini de- deserves props all the time for con- for keeping a, s- a series of so many books fresh. And never, breaking, never breaking her own world rules. Nope. She always has a reason and explanation for how something happens. It doesn't happen magically. And uh, she has a, an end goal. Like, she knows, she knows what's going to happen, and not necessarily that that world goes away, but that we move to some sort of resolution. And, and there's a larger conflict
0: building yes. slowly in every book.
1: I just, I have to give Nalini props because she is... She's very talented. She's amazing. She writes amazing books. <laughs> when you listen to those books, it actually hits you how hot her sex scenes are like her sex scenes are really hot I didn't realize I guess reading them I don't know why it didn't strike me but listening to them I was blushing a little bit and when my daughter would come into the kitchen while I'm doing the dishes and listening to Nalini's book I have to pause it oh yeah (laughs) because they are hot they're
0: very hot um what was she's the first author for whom I've ever been contacted about a blog tour wherein it said and she's not going to talk about (laughs) <laughs> because the book is has so much secrecy around it. The blog tour says, we're just not gonna talk about the book. Okay.
1: Challenge except <laughs> And you know, I am loving Kristen Ashley. I've read everything she's written several times. <laughs> and I, I have to admire somebody who can have such a strong voice and carry and write s- down emotions so effectively. Yeah, and have such crack-tastic plots and characters and it's just people are people were talking about her at the convention. I had several and Jane was there for several of the conversations about Kristen Ashley's books. And they were always positive conversations. Even the people who've said, this book didn't work for me or this book didn't work for me. Recommended them. S- aren't just recommended them, but I said, said, I can see why people like it. Yeah. It didn't work for me. I know. I mean, I know some people really that would be me. actively dislike her books for various reasons. But for the most part, it's so funny to listen to to hear people say... I did that today.
0: I, I liked it or I recommended it and I didn't expect to. There was a bunch of women who came up to my table, and I'm between uh, Jacinda Wilder and Jay Wells. So there's like three different authors right in a row, but we each get a, a whole bunch of really interesting, cool people, to, and we all just share, or people who come to the table. I love the RT signing so much. Yeah. like the best three hours. But one of the women was holding a book, and I don't remember which one it was, but it was sort of motorcycle, dark set. And I said, have you by any chance read Kristen Ashley? She said, no. I said, there's a whole series set in a motorcycle club and they are very crackalicious. They didn't work for me, but I think if you like Sweet. that author, and I, I can't remember what author it was, but she was holding the book and I thought, you are a potential Kristen Ashley fan and <laughs> I am just going to just take up many hours of your weekend now, sorry. She'll come up for air in about a week Be like, oh yeah. I should go to work instead of reading
1: Kristen Ashley's <laughs> like, Right. I, I lost an entire month. I lost the whole month of September to reading Kristen Ashley's backlist. And that's the problem. Is She has, like, well, I mean, it's not really a problem, but she has so many, so much backlist. And they're long. They're this so like long. like $110,000. You get you're and used used your worth. Oh, yeah. That you're, you are losing <laughs> days, weeks, and a, months of a time. She's a Costco-sized
0: bargain, that one. $2, and you got, like, a whole weekend. That's so true. She's a Costco-sized bargain just five pounds of tater tots for a dollar
1: the other one I've I was I've been recommending is um, I recommended at Blogger the Blogger Con on Tuesday was Assassin's Gamble or Assassin's Gambit by Amy Rabby Amy Rabby. Yeah. yeah I did like that book and I like to talk about fantasy romance because I think it's such a hard niche to sell
0: in that I, I want to make sure that the books that are good in that genre get talked about. And I did like it. I really like the heroine a lot. I heard about an interesting book today that I'm really curious about. Courtney Milan told me about a self-published book called Charmed by Erica Ridley. Uh-oh. You've read it?
2: No, no. She uh, recommended it to me today, too. And it just was kind of, I was hearkening back to how she was telling me um, how she was recommending it to me and the skeptical look I had on my face <laughs> how she says, I know that's this—that's the look everybody has that on their face goofy.
0: it's a paranormal fantasy where the heroine is, I believe, an apprentice to the tooth fairy
2: no, she wants she's a, she's a fairy with no magic she uses science to make up Uh, for her lack of magic because people who don't have magic are looked down upon. She would like to be a tooth fairy. Right. She wants to be a tooth fairy. So who's the author? Erica Ridley. I'm curious.
0: And that's all for this week's podcast. Thank you to Angela James for joining us and for sitting for a very fun interview. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter, at Sassy Outwater. This is called... Lancaster Gate and it's by Enter the Haggis. We'll have information on the website about where you can find them and how you can purchase this song if it's totally rocking your world. If you have questions or comments or suggestions, you can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a message at our Google Voice number, which is one dbsa And because it's the law, we have a Facebook page, Facebook pay- Facebook.com/slash DBSA Podcast. Our next episode of the podcast will be all about you, the listener, and all the things you've written to us in the past month. So until then, we wish you the very best of reading.